feel good about this pod. Yeah, I do too. It's always exciting. It's it's uh it's got the Mab Studios East and Midwest flavor. It does. It's been a beat since a Saturday pod too. Saturday is you know that's Saturday pod is that that's the Ocean Eleven's pod, right? Yeah. Where you un- when you undo the bow tie, you just kind of kick your hair back. You exactly. I'm, like, yeah, I'm I'm eating cocktail <laughs> shrimp constantly throughout the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome branding, a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 141 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon. And with me, as always, leader of the Mabtorial College, most awesome. That's right, baby. I gotta give. I know we're not a political podcast. We gotta. We gotta touch on a little bit. We can't act like that's not going on in the world. Right, right. We so can't be totally bit. oblivious. Be like, hey, put this rock over us, and this is our podcast. Yes, you know, uh, I got. I got two hundred and seventy map points. <laughs> that's it. We yeah. can't act like we just like our pods done and just kind of like the international waters, like a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah right. Like right. <laughs> we we uh, we acknowledge no authority. Like that's just where we're at. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I do, but I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, you know, can't complain. Took yep. took the commission the commission door to puppy class today. It's a great experience with with commission. Nice. What is that? What's a puppy class? Puppy class is just training with other uh, puppy owners, which is good for socialization. Gus bus the Gus bus for good training, but also helping the kids with it as well too, and getting them a little exposure to other animals. So. You know, you forget, you know, it's been a while since we had a puppy. So it's like you forget some of the like the basic stuff. So it's it's good reminders. Good, 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 you know, dusting up on that. Yeah. So early in the game, like in a puppy, are, are they showing signs of like losing interest or are they just like, I get this as a chore, like I'll take them out. I know they're kind of, they're still a little young just to be like, oh, this is like my thing. But are they, they just showing like, just kind of like actively working towards like letting that be a part of their orbit and keeping consistent with it. Yeah. It also gives them like, it also yeah it keeps them invested for sure um it was actually i was saying more for my my end is like oh yeah like this is what we're supposed to do with the puppy um but the other thing is that more for the, the the dogs more so than anything so that they don't start to develop these like weird habits like right now gus doesn't want to walk past the corner of the house or like the the corner gets really bugged out when dogs bark that he can't see so it's like yeah. all right we'll get him with some dogs get him familiarized it's like oh that's not that big of a deal i've been here before i know what the score yeah. is Obviously, you Porky pigged it with like three kids. Yeah, like you're gonna have one in a third. Yeah. Um, so you can't talk about this. What? Because I hear people talking about puppy. I never had one. Like, what's the toughest hang? Like, getting a puppy. Is it potty training? It is it like I don't even see how like you actually make that happen or like where yeah. the people is. Like, what is it? Yeah. So there's, I would say there's a couple things. Like potty training is very like intense because it's constantly just like staring at the animal, being like, don't piss, don't shit right and constantly yeah. trying to take them out and then only to take them out to then bring them right back in if they didn't go out and then have them pee on the carpet so that's like very frustrating i would say puppy like puppy um they're they're much like little kids they go through like adolescent stages they go through teething they get they have their puppy teeth which are very sharp and if you could see my hands i've got cuts all over my hands because they're just wanting to gnaw and bite and con and they don't really know manners and things like that that's an issue. And then the third issue is if you are not there full time and don't have the dedication to, to give this animal like 24 hours a day, you need a break. You, you need to crate your animal, right? Humanely, obviously put them in a crate. Uh, sometimes those dogs really go nuts in that scenario and, and bark and howl and it can be a miserable existence. So fortunately enough, Gus Bus is very good in his crate. He's, he's a very good boy. We, we, we make it a very good environment for him to go in. Uh, the puffy teeth and chewing on stuff and gnawing on stuff. We've had a couple instances. Dr. Mrs. The Commission has already had an x-ray his belly just because we thought he chewed on something that he shouldn't and uh, <laughs> swallowed it. Um, and then peeing in the house, we've actually turned the corner. So if you're staying on it diligently, you know, you can kind of time it out well enough that you can get them out enough uh, that they start to learn. Although I said that and we had an accident, like we hadn't had an accident in like two weeks. So, but we just had an accident tonight. So, you know, it's an ongoing process. I, yeah, it just sounds like the pressure is so, 
you know, like even like raising a human being, you can yeah. eventually, when they get old enough to understand, like just actual like language, just like, here's what I need you to do. Like, you're going to actually pee on this toilet. Like we can't have you pee, right. like in your diaper anymore. But with the dog, it's just like, oh man, like maybe are these habits going to go on? Like we got to just like nip this in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, um, it's a big commitment. People don't realize what a commitment it is to a puppy. Yeah. And even Dr. Wow. Miss and the commission, and I are like, with three kids and a puppy, it's like, <laughs> we fucking bit off a lot more than we do. Ultimately, it's going to be great. Like, our family is going to look wonderful. But right now, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I come home and I'm like, let's not let Gus out of the kennel for, like, 10 minutes before <laughs> Daddy can just, like, uh, you know, like, wade into these waters and just warm up a little bit here before I get thrown into the Thunderdome. All right, investment, building for the future. Yeah. Speaking of building for the future, let's build for the future. This episode 141, there it is. Still got the transition. Oh, nice transition. Okay. Uh, Riff from the headline, we're doing Mastradamus. Uh, that's right, we're dropping a little Saturday pod on you guys. You guys are usually used to our Sunday recap. We're coming in Saturday right now, so when you're listening on this Monday or Tuesday, you can see how we did. We're going to pick three NFL games apiece and kind of tell you exactly what to expect, and you can call our bullshit or maybe we hit it right on the nose. We're going to do MAB fixes. We're doing the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they have the record for losing the most double-digit games up to this point in NFL history. We're going to see exactly what is the problem in LA. We're going to hit the inbox. We've got three emails for you there. The Neapolitan Showdown, we're doing top three Michael Bay movies. And then we're going to finish as we always do with your MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, brother. Rip from the headline, Mastradamus. All right, so um, I challenge you. I want you to do three games. Yeah. I'm going to do three games. I'm just going to kind of tell, break down what we expect to happen what they should look for, and then a couple key things that I'm going to put my stake in to happen. Okay. Um, maybe right. we, maybe we double up. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so maybe there's we a game not. we lap on. I, so right. Well, there's well, there's the my my worry is is maybe I'll lead off with this one as the inherent p- potential double up. Detroit versus Minnesota. Is this on your radar? It's not. You're going for it. Let's hear it, buddy. Let's hear it. Okay. All right. So, interdivisional game. Yeah. Uh, the three and four Detroit Lions and the two and five minnesota vikings so i was looking at this and even though minnesota with the worst record i think is favored by four in this game um detroit is in a in a a weird spot because it's like right now we're competitive on paper but we're without kenny kenny galladay we have a lot of other you know bumps and bruises on the offense and defensive line we acquired everson griffin who might have a little chip on a shoulder. Uh, we acquired him from Dallas uh, and Mike Zimmer called him just good. And I so, saw that. He yeah. didn't say just good. He was just I like, know. he's a good player. And yeah, then yeah. like Griffin took like exception to that. And it's just like, he said, he's he like, I'm going to show him great. But it's just like, I don't, sometimes good means great. Like if you like just good means good. Like if you're just right. like, Oh, he's a good player. That could mean great. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of those things too, where it's like, all right, so that'll be an interesting thing. But really, when I look at this, it's, you know, the I, I look at the, the the Vikings offense when it's hot is very good is a very competent offense. And I you, going back to what you always say is, is like, if Kirk Cousins has time and he's not pressured, he will perform. He'll find Adam Thielen. He'll find Justin Jefferson. And then I looked at um, the Detroit Lions blitz. 22 percent of the time which is one of like the lowest in the league they get uh hurried on the quarterback eight and a half percent a game they only had 10 sacks so is this an opportunity where kirk cousins can perform well have a clean pocket and actually make the throws that, that he's capable of throwing with no pressure um I, I also like the fact that if they don't turn the ball over in the two games that the Vikings have won, they've not had a turnover in those games. Detroit isn't forcing a lot of turnovers either. So when you mix in the fact that Kenny Galladay, who's the only guy offensively to keep anybody uh, on the opposing defensive uh, uh, honest, and the fact that we're not going to pressure, I say we like I'm on the team, the Lions are not going to pressure 
the Vikings at all and, and Kirk Cousins. It makes for a very good environment for Kirk Cousins. And I think we're going to see something that's going to be uh, uh, more of a blowout than expected. I like Vikings 35, Lions 24. And I'm actually just being favorable to the Lions because I think they're going to go and perform well between the 20s, but I think they're going to kick a lot of field goals. Yeah, this is a great point. Um, I'd, I'd back you up on this. Uh, if there's any like two and five team that we would think that shouldn't be two and five, and I think that's why we're seeing a little bit of lines lower for these Minnesota Vikings is, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think there's a lot of big change over on defense. They needed a preseason. They right. didn't get it, but there's still a lot of talent there. And now right. I think we're seeing them kind of get a little momentum coming out of their quote unquote preseason shell, like not having those games and starting to click along. So Vegas not being as friendly to them just because of that record. And I think the betting public not being as like fair to them. And then I, you have a great point. Like, you know me, I love Matt Stafford. Right. I think he's one of the most like overlooked like quarterbacks in the NFL, just because he doesn't have that playoff win, but you're right. You take away that huge weapon and Galladay, and then you have like a very competent Minnesota team on both sides of the ball. And if there's no pass rush, then, you know, you, you got to trust cousins. And especially if they get out to a quick start and then you're just forcing Stafford's hand and like play right into the Vikings. So I, I like the, that. The, the Detroit offense just is going to dink and dunk. They don't really have a rush offense either. So it's like, it's, it's, I just don't see a path for the lions to be successful, especially the debilitating loss that they had against uh, the Colts. I mean, that one was, that was an embarrassing loss in that second half. It was, I mean, but that, uh, and I think, do I, I have the Colts on there, so I'll jump into that, but that, that Ooh, Colts, you have Andy, Andy Baltimore. I have it too. Uh, okay. We won't jump into that yet. Okay. So yeah. we'll, we'll definitely, definitely get there. Cause I, I want to jump and talk about those. That's funny. It's like, did you, cause there's a couple games. I don't know if you avoided, like there's some things I looked at. It was just like, Oh, Pittsburgh, Dallas. But I, I avoided like the double digit spreads. Cause that's not interesting. Yeah, like, right, I don't want right, to talk yeah. about. Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't want to talk about a plus fourteen or exactly. you know a minus fourteen Steelers, and and we know what's going to happen. You know they're going to just fucking wallop them. So like, oh, they're going to win by sixteen. It's like fascinating to take. It might be a sports <laughs> right, podcast. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so um, my number one, I have Seahawks at Bills. Um, oh, I almost went with this game. I'm glad I didn't. Oh, I'm wondering which way you went. Okay, so Sunday will be seventy degrees in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's Ooh. defense lost a couple guys. Really haven't lived up to the hype that we right. thought the Buffalo defense was going to be. And uh, he's going against, or they're going against the passing touchdown leader in Russell Wilson that can always get it done. And I just, here's what I think. I, I just, I really feel like, so Wilson's leading with 26. Uh, it's a West heading East, which is one of kind of those like urban legends, like those wives tales where it's just like, Oh, they don't travel well, but I just, I, I wasn't super impressed with Buffalo at the Patriots. Uh, that division, NFC East, might be the easiest division in the NFL. Well, obviously throughout the NFC, yeah. the NFC East, but the AFC yeah. East is uh, pretty easy. Pretty light, to- yeah. So it might be the Bills, and also like we, Josh Allen still has like regression games, and I think the Seahawks get up for this. Uh, here's some predictions just throughout for you. Seahawks jump out to a quick 7-0 lead. I'm going to go Seahawks strike first with the mm-hmm. touchdown. Ooh, I like it. Um, and then that has the Bills kind of gulping, not being able to rely on that running game, which I think has bailed them out of a few things and not relying as heavy on Josh Allen as they did like the first three games. Uh, I'm going to do two turnovers by Josh Allen this game, maybe a strip sack um, yeah. in the year two. Um, Russell Wilson, three TD passes. And then uh, give me Seattle 31-17 in a game that just kind of gets away. Where Seahawks kind of said they have this foot on the gas pedal mentality too, where I think they can just keep going. Yeah, I like that. I, I think it's interesting, especially coming off of that Cardinals game. Um, we saw lots of memes and stuff like that coming out of there. I think DK Metcalf is really kind of stepping out. And then you also have Tyler Lockett, which you can't forget about offensively. Um, so they've got a lot of weapons. And you're right, like Tredavious White for the Bills has not performed well on the outside. Uh, Tremaine Ed, Ed, uh, Edmonds and uh, Ed Oliver in the linebacker and defensive line for the Bills. So I think they can be exploited offensively. And then it's like, all right, does Josh Allen have that where he can go toe to toe and play catch up, right? And match up that's, with one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, right? That's why I like the script of this too, because I, I like the idea of when we see this happen sometimes, if Josh Allen goes all on his arm, like that's when the INTs can really start to open up when he's just like right. running no longer becomes an option because we're down by like 10 points, like in the third quarter. And that's when shit starts getting forced a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the path for them to stay is to basically keep 
the Seahawks offense off the field. And I, I, I don't know if their defense is going to be good enough. I don't know if their offense is going to be good enough to kind of maintain long drives. So yeah, I, I like yeah. that 31, 17. Is that what you said? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's a little rich, but it, I I'm still going to the mindset is like, I think Josh Allen has to fight back a little bit. I think maybe one defensive touchdown. And I think uh, from the Seahawks, there's something, I really think Russell Wilson, they're, they're a little bit about pouring it on. So it'll, yeah. be, it'll be fun to watch. Right, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, my, my second game, see, and everyone just expected us to pick like the, the, the most anticipated games. No, I'm not doing no. that. I'm also going to, I'm going to the gutter too, my friends. I'm talking Houston Jacksonville. I know no one gives a <laughs> shit about this, this game. I looked at this. All right. So this is, uh, so we got Jacksonville, um, Minshew not starting due to injury. We got yep. Houston favored by seven, right. uh, in Jacksonville. What do you got, buddy? So this is a god awful team, and I, I think everyone's like, "All right, well, Houston is a substantially better team than the, than this Jacksonville Jaguar team." So we'll we'll give them the seven point favorite. I yeah. don't like too many this. points. Too many points. <laughs> awesome! I love yes. it, brother. I, I don't like it. this yeah. because Houston has four takeaways the entire season, four turnovers, one INT, and this entire season. Yeah. I know we're starting Jake Lutton, the rookie quarterback for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but at his senior season in Oregon state, a 28 uh, TD to only three INT game. Jay Gruden, who I know formerly was the, the Washington football team is a good offensive mind and is going to put his rookie quarterback his six-round quarterback in a position to succeed no differently than Gardner Minshew another six-round quarterback from two years ago they've got great talent on the outside right in 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 DJ Chark DB Westbrook uh they have weapons and then also undrafted rookie running back James Robinson who is probably the second or third best running back rookie running back in the NFL not named uh Clyde L. Edwards Alar. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game because both these defenses. Yeah, yeah, I think I like this is going to be a high scoring game. The uh, over is like 51 and a half or 50 and a half. I can't remember. Drink everybody. Uh, I think we're going to go Houston 41, Jacksonville 35 in a wild game where no one gets any stops. And I like Jacksonville just sneaking that last minute cover in. Oh, I love you doing the covers, little back. I love this for a lot of reasons. Okay, so there's um, <laughs> I am I love I love your balls on the play on this. I love you calling high scoring. That's yeah. that's super interesting. Um, because I think a lot of people would say, you know, like we are owed like you know at least one of those four like Deshaun Watson games where he just like kind of pops off of like three TDs and yes. like or four yes. TDs and runs like you know sixty yards. Like we gotta see, we gotta see that eventually. Like. So that may be, but I do like that kind of that Kyle Allen aspect where sometimes you roll a quarterback in there that you haven't heard of, but they can still, which was Minshew also like right. a year ago or two years ago. They've like, had, and, they've, and they're coming off a of bye week. Both teams are coming off a of bye week, but yes. an extra week to prepare, right? You're totally, you're totally right, brother. That's what I wanted to, I wanted to cite that because I think your head's in the right spot. It's just like, there's a difference between like the quarterback's injured and I'm being rolled out there like middle second quarter yeah. and like, Hey, you're starting next week. You're taking all the snaps in practice. Let's figure this shit out. Are you ready to go? What game plan works for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're giving you 11 days basically to prepare for this team. Fucking mm. go for it. Ballsy. Dude. I know. I like it. I love it so much. All right. Um, Bears at Titans. This is my, um, Ooh. Is my Delaney dog. dog. That's right. Um, okay, so this is six and a half. Bears are getting six and a half at the Titans. Titans on a two-game losing streak. Everybody relaxed. I mean, they played a couple like solid defense. Here's so I'm a little torn on this because yes. I don't think I don't think the Bengals loss is a terrible loss. There could be a little bit, and uh, the Titans lost to the Bengals last week. There could be a little bit of the Bengals stock on the rise as Titans are just who we know the Titans are. Right. So that's, that's going to happen as like teams got to get better. Good. But and, and, no, and, and sometimes teams just take their eye off the ball and they look ahead. All right. We got this Bengals team here. Yeah. The Cowboys and the Jets are going to sneak up on somebody too. It's bound to happen. And Nick Foles was getting shit for like that, uh, that Saints game that went into overtime, but it's just like, I, it wasn't done. I think it was two TDs, one INT. I think is a uh, completion percentage was around 55, 60%. Like right. it's, it wasn't completely dog shit. Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning quarterback, can step up to play. And this Titans defense 
you ain't got to be scared of it. Mm-hmm. Either offense mm-hmm. get done, you be afraid of Derrick Henry. Like you can get things done against the Titans defense. So I think I think uh, there's some things you want to look at. Um, Chicago is 16th against the run. So that's going to be a little frightening if they get down like seven, 10, nothing. Right. That's something to look for. If you do have, if you're taking my advice and you're doing the Chicago money line, don't do the money line, take the points. But it's like, if they get down right. 10, like it's, it'll be a little dangerous, but right. the thing is somehow like get a lead and then rely a little bit more on making Tannehill throw the ball. I think the Bears defense has a real shot to uh, just stifle them and keep it close. Cause it's, it's a lot better if you kind of know the runs coming as opposed to like having to do handle Derrick Henry, like two times every drive. Uh, so I love, uh, I love the under in this game and I love give me the bears plus six and a half. And I would split this too. give me the bears money line. Cause the bears money line is going to be paying off around plus two eighty. So Ooh. do six and a half do money line. And then also do the under. I like it. And I, and I like that too, because the, the, the bears defense is starting to really tighten up. Yeah. Right. And I think you can make the tight, if you make that Titans offense a little one dimensional, right. Put it on yep. Hill's shoulders, which you got Akeem Hicks and in, in Chicago, just kind of eating up the guys, Cleo Max starting to feel better. Roquan Smith playing a little bit better as well, too. And they got the big hitting safeties uh, for the bears too. I, I, I like this. I like this game plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a simple case of stock uh we're looking for titans to bounce back titans still getting that respect as they probably should uh right. making it to the uh, afc or just advancing like beating baltimore in the uh, afc divisional mm-hmm. round last year and then also like the bears people just kind of hate on the bears thinking there's like some sort of quarterback controversy and still not respecting them and there are two games where like the bears didn't score in the 20s which right. is a little frustrating but they did beat the bucks like they can you know they can get shit done and i, I do like nick Foles sometimes so if we get the right nick Foles on the right day and i do like nick Foles against this titans defense like if he has the time then i, I really six and a half is that's a lot of points for a game which i come down i don't know if the bears went out right but it's i think it's worth you know your i think your ass is covered on the bet if you get the six and a half points to also do the money line and maybe double up yeah i like it no great call all right, you want to dive into this Baltimore indie game? <laughs> Let's do it. Should we say who we have on three? Are you ready? Yeah. We're yeah, gonna yeah. Say, say the team we have on three. You ready? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Who is it? I, I might have misread this. Is Indy favored by a point or is they they're a dog by a point? The Ravens are favored by a point. That's what I thought. Okay. I yeah. I, I had it written down differently in different spots. On well, it's it's moved like it's there, there's been some movement, like two point movements on this, but right now the last yeah. one is like Ravens favored by one point. Oh, okay. Good to know. Okay, ready? So one, two, three, team. Okay, so we're standing, right? okay ready? Yep. One, two, two three. three. Baltimore. Ravens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Which is funny because I originally looked at this game wanting to go for the Colts, but a lot of things changed my mind. I'll let you start. What do you like about the Ravens in this? What I like is that even though the – I, I like the Ravens defense matching up against the Colts offense more than I like the Colts defense matching up against the Ravens offense. If that makes sense. Right. I yeah. like the ability for the Ravens to get enough pressure and, and to force rivers into some bad and untimely turnovers. Uh, I know the, the Ravens lost Staley, their offensive tackle. Um, so that's going to be a detriment, but, but the pass rush, has been not great for the the Colts, so it shouldn't really come at a detriment to the offense of Baltimore. But really, what I like is the turnover game in this one. Um, let's talk pass rush a little bit. Like, okay, that's, that's what I do like because I do. The Colts are firing up. I, I think the Colts have been probably the most uh, just exceeding expectations as far as defense is concerned. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff that looks good, but it's a little bit too of like be careful what you wish for. Because right. I think if the Colts come too hard and commit too much to get Lamar Jackson to escape outside of the pocket, then they're creating like a big problem, which is Lamar Jackson's legs. Yes. Yeah. And so my matchup is, is because you got Justin Houston, uh, Derrico Autry for the Colts. Like they just don't generate a lot of sacks. DeForest Buckner kind of holds up in the middle. Um, but I, I think that with the, the pressure that LeBron Jackson puts on all defenses in, in those run pass options, they're going to be really forced. Really what I'm looking at is the, the linebackers versus, um, versus Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm looking at especially Darius Leonard and Bobby Okiri 
somebody's going to have to shadow that guy, Lamar Jackson. Someone's going to stay with them and pay attention to them. And I just think that, I mean, TJ Hawkinson had a good game against the Colts. Uh, I think, I think Mark Andrews can be a, a real productive player. The, the, the Ravens need a little help from the wide receiver position. Right. And I think, I think Xavier Rhodes who has been bounced from the, the Vikings and you've seen like Hollywood Brown, be- the soldier, self-promoted soldier. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it's like those guys can, that, that'll be an interesting matchup. And I think they can win some battles on that. I think as long as fucking uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't turn it over four times, I think they're going to be in a much better position. And they, they, they almost fucking brought it back against a, a very good Steelers club. Yeah. Steelers like number one, like one of the top defenses in the NFL, if not number one, depending on like what stat you like to follow, but definitely top three. Yeah. Uh, played a close game like the Ravens Steelers always do. Uh, and th- here's what I like about, I like a strong Ravens defense against a Phillip Rivers that is known to just kind of, buckle and pressure situations right. just to make kind of fucked up decisions. And that's what I'm looking for. Like I like, obviously the, uh, the Ravens should not be ashamed about like that Steelers game. Cause like right now we're cooking with gas by the second best team in the AFC. Uh, here's some things I kind of like out of the gate. I like uh, Lamar Jackson uh, over 70 rushing yards, but yeah. I didn't look up the over under, but I just picture like him kind of getting out there. Yeah. Uh, I have a f- turnover from Phillip rivers in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you can find that bet. I don't know if that is a bet, but right. I definitely see him doing one of those things where it's just like, where the fuck is he throwing this? Uh, and I have Ravens winning uh, 24-20. Ooh, I have a four point. I have it 28-24. Oh, man, look at that, yeah. bro. We are yeah. dialed yeah. in on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to put some MAB dollars on this. Uh, yeah, I think this time is right. Like, I think the Colts stock is super high, and we're kind of forgetting who that quarterback is. And I yeah. think everyone's just like, oh, Lamar Jackson's not MVP level. The Ravens must suck. And it's just like, relax they just played the Steelers so I think it's sometimes like on the betting thing and I know this is in the gambling corner you just gotta look at the right time to strike and it's when like kind of two stocks are just like overvalued in whatever direction I think that's exactly what we have here yeah 100% I, I completely agree I don't agree on everything I know well we're good we're fucking we're in we're copacetic baby <laughs> We're like dialed it. in. Look at us. This is this is a Saturday pod, right? This is we're just. Oh, this is not, that's right. I do that. This is this is Pitt and Clooney right oh, here, just vibing going. back and forth. Let's oh, rob this bank. Rob your bookies bank. <laughs> uh, all right, MAB fixes. Want to say my hammer, Juper? Time for lunch. Who had the subway sandwich foot long with ham? Okay. Oh yeah, never do. All right. Um, it may fix his Los Angeles Chargers. Oof. Okay, it's so- interesting. Why did what? Why you posed this, right? I and I'm very I interested. So I, I yeah. want to know your your thoughts and your 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 concept behind fixing the Chargers. Because here's what I'm fascinated about the Chargers, because it is, and obviously we're not going to go back in two years. There's just like weird things that follow teams that don't necessarily make sense, even right. when not. Which is what I don't like when people are just like oh my God, the Steelers historically have a great defense where it's just like, yeah, but it's had like five different head coaches. It's had like, you know, hundreds of different players cycle through. Like, I guess there can be kind of like a philosophy, but but there's just kind of like this. And the same thing, like when the, like the Red Sox couldn't win, it's just like, oh, they're cursed, this curse. It's like, I say they're not cursed, but it's like, what is the problem? And obviously we can't talk about the Chargers problem. The Chargers problem having the record for the last decade of whatever, like losing the most games within three points. Right. But what we can't talk about is this year, what you're seeing, especially with Justin Herbert taking over. And I want to dive into him a little bit Yeah. on, you know, setting the record for just blowing double digit leads. So something's happening here. Mm-hmm. So I want to dig in a little bit. So we had, um, so that's one where I wanted to bring it up because there is, it's not enough for me. You can say whatever is curse of franchise or that's fine. But for this year, I think we can dig in and look at these games and be like, all right, what is happening to these Los Angeles chargers that are making them lose all these games that they have like a legit lead in. Right. Like week two, uh, led by 11 points to the KC chiefs lost 23, 20 week four, um, led by 17 over the Buccaneers lost that 38, 31 week five led by 17 again over the saints next week lost 30 to 27. And then, uh, last week led the Broncos 24 to three in the third quarter and lost 31 to 30. 
So obviously these losses can different things. Like for example, that Broncos loss was a pass interference bullshit call in the back of the end zone. That that shit happens. But to me, I wanted to get your take because I have an idea how I want to fix it, but there's two things to me. The two things are either uh, you come out firing and you get so confident about your firing that you just kind of, you put yourself in precarious situations where you're causing turnovers and you're just trying too hard. And eventually it just kind of, it wears off and you didn't pace yourself. But this isn't, these aren't like Olympic sprinters. Like this is football. It's not real. Or it comes out where you get a little bit of a lead and then you just try to protect it for way too long, like two and a half quarters. What are you seeing, buddy? The latter. I think it's, I think it's the last one. I, I, I looked at Anthony Lynn and I tried to like, I was like, what's a, what's a sign of like an aggressive, like go for it. We're two and five. Right. Yeah. Uh, I looked at their, their, fourth down conversions going forward on fourth down right green bay right a winning team has gone for it 13 times the chargers right and a lot of a lot of the teams that are have losing seasons have gone for it and fourth down makes sense they're trying to constantly go for it trying to get up and they're they're down the 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 chargers are one of the least aggressive teams going for it and fourth down right they've only tried seven times they've converted twice that's what 28 percent uh, conversion rate, one of the lowest in the league. And I think it speaks to just a, uh, an overall mindset from Anthony Lynn, the head coach, a former running back himself, like a big guy, like a conservative play caller um, who just is going to like when they're up, they're going to run the ball, right? And it's not 1994 anymore, yeah. right? If you have a 10-point lead or an 11-point lead, it is not safe no matter what the numbers. And the game analytics prove it out, right? You have to go for it. You have to can, you have to throw the ball early and not try and, like, get into this, like, time management clock thing where it's like, all right, now the, the, the clock becomes my, my, my 12th defender. And I think that's – I think ultimately a, a, a mindset, a winning mindset, it's like – Anthony Lynn, you can't play to protect your job, man. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. just can't do that. I think we saw that in the Chiefs game too. I think there was a time where they punted on fourth. It was either fourth quarter or an overtime. I think it was overtime. Right. It's like fourth and one and they punted. And I remember uh, I was watching it with uh, Joe, friend of the pot, been on uh, four times. Maybe he's in the, the five-timer club. Yeah. But they punted it and he was just like, yeah, you got to punt. I was just like, no, it doesn't. Because it's going to take Mahomes like fucking – just 35 seconds to make up that difference of like 40 yards. Like no one gives a shit about those yards between the 20. Right. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like, you know, like fucking, you know, 20 of the 32 teams can move the ball between the twenties, but it's right. just like, what are you doing with it inside? Like what chances are you taking? Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. It, it's like, it's not even like you have like a lights out, you know, marksman punter, right. That can pin them down in the five yard line. And even then it's not like your defense is so stout, that you're yeah. going to defend them. So it's like you're, you, you're, you're playing conservatively, but you really can't lean. You've, you miss uh, Melvin Ingram for, for periods of time. Obviously, Derwin James is out. This is not like a vaunted Chargers defense back when it was what, uh, when they were 12 and four, like three years ago. This team is not that same team. So you can't kind of just like lean on them and hope that you're going to get and game manage your way or through it or game manage your way through to a win. It, it starts with, with Anthony Lynn and I hate killing Anthony Lynn because it's like, we've had nine and seven, 12 and four, five and 11, and then two and five. So it's not like he's the worst head coach of all time. It's just that I think he's, I think philosophically he's a little archaic and where he, in, in the way that game, the football, especially their division, right. Which is like, get it up and down. Let's score points. You know what I mean? In the, in the yeah. AFC West, like right. you're going to have to contend with your own division a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to shit on my either. Like before we dig in. Okay. So let's look at, you know what? I do want to dig into that. So remind me of record and uh, remind me of Herbert. Obviously right. you can't because we're going to lean in that with what I'm about to say. Like I didn't like his quote coming out, like backing up Tyrod Taylor and throwing his like kind of his rookie quarterback under the bus and then going back against that, that inspires not confidence. Maybe it doesn't matter inside your locker room. Maybe right. everybody knows, like, just you get most quote in the media or whatever. But from outside viewer, like, I assume this guy doesn't know what's going on. You know, because yeah. that's my only exposure to him. My only exposure is just like, oh, he said, he said something, and then he kind of, like, doubled back on it. And then, like, it kind of looked like he was still his rookie quarterback. And now he, like, loves that guy. So I'm just like, now I'm just like, all right, does this guy really know how to run a team? Yeah, it's definitely, it's like a curious, just management decision, right? It's not even like a playing calling or it's just like, how do we manage personalities in the league and doing something like that? I don't care if Herbert 
who for all intents and purposes is a very like humble, nice guy and Tyrod Taylor, who's a consummate professional the they can handle that kind of discourse, but just from the outside observer, it's like, man, that's a really like, that's a really tough thing in this, in this era of like, you know, social media and football to like sit there and kind of shit on the guy that's backing up your team. Right. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. So weird. So if they win those four games right now, so we're looking at the chargers uh, are going to be at six and one. And then Herbert, who has the most passing yards through this milestone of any rookie quarterback in history, right? Uh, he would be not only rookie of the year. I mean, we'd be talking a little MVP candidate, right? Yeah, you'd be looking at it as if it's like a uh, like a Marino esque type quarterback kind of coming out with lower to moderate expectations coming out of the draft. I know, yes, I get it. He was sixth overall, but there was a lot of question marks regarding Herbert and there was a lot of bad stuff on him. There's also a lot of positive stuff that just wasn't weighted very well either. And we tend to focus on the negative more so than the positive attributes as well. But yeah, I mean, you would be looking at it like, Oh, Holy shit. And we, I think we are right. It's just unfortunately like, Oh, but is he on a bad team? So it's like, you know, is this good stats, bad team, or is this guy really something? I, I tend to believe that it's a little something. And I, I was a believer just watching in like the Rose bowl and like you look at Oregon's offense and this side to side offense, it's not really like to his, his, he's got a big arm, a big talent arm. Like he needs a vertical down the field passing game. And that's where he's shown his ability to, to like, especially on a good, you know, running team, like play action. That's where he's shown to be successful is throwing the ball downfield. Here's what I'd like to see in this Broncos game where they're leading 24 to three, the Broncos scored 21 points in the fourth quarter that's too many possessions for a team in a quarter, especially right. when you have the lead. How do they fuck this up? Yeah. I, again, just conservative running early and often in the, in the, in the downs. Right. Yeah. And you, you can't be afraid to like, like you get yourself into a first and nine first and or like it's first and 10 and it's like yeah. second 11 or second and nine or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Just running it. I mean, your offense isn't, isn't mauling people. You, you know, you've lost your main running back who you spent a bunch of money on Austin Eckler. So you don't have that. You're going to a third round guy, Josh Kelly, and an even later round guy in Justin Jackson, right. Which are not bad guys, but they're just not like, all right, you, there's not a bell cow in there. Like we're going to give them, you know, 30 totes and he's going to carry it for like a buck 20. You know what I mean? It's just not yeah. that style so you you can't be afraid to get early in the sticks like aggressive versus like stopping the clock you know what i mean like with an incompletion you got to take those because everyone's doing those right so you got to just take those lumps and find the ways to like look at where it's plus i also think like there's a loss of identity or like mixing up that those successful plays rather than repeating them find similar like play calls, but just have that, that have different looks. Right. So we're, we're still trying to like the, the play calling is about like, I want to attack like this gap where I want to like attack this individual matchup. Right. And then to be successful consistently, it's mixing that up. So you're not giving them the same exact look. So they know what's coming, but still exploiting the same matchups. And that's where I wonder where, whether the, the chargers are excelling at that because they're finding obviously clearly success early, but not continuing it throughout the game. And sometimes that means that, that, that we don't have a diverse enough playbook to find those matchups. And, and, and maybe that could go to the head coaching or the offensive coordinator. What team do you really, I'm not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Put me on what the team spot. do you kind of trust, or at least in your top three, uh, do you trust the most to just run four minutes off the clock? Ooh, that's a good question. Four minutes off the clock. Uh, yeah. You got, you got the lead. You're up by two, you're up by three or whatever. You don't want to give the ball back. You got the ball on touchback. I'm going to describe this really well to give you time to think, yeah. <laughs> but you got the touchback. You got it there. And it's just like, you're understanding like, cause you know, like it, you know, it takes a little bit of a strong running game, offensive line presence, and then the confidence to do those little screen passes, or at least kind of like the, like the quick slants just to kind of keep the six moving and not necessarily be handcuffed to it. Right. I mean, you could sit there and say the chiefs, you could just automatic, but I, I honestly, like if I need like an actual four minute drive, they've actually been much better at it lately where they were just like pedal the metal all the way through, but I'll give you something else in the chiefs. Cause that's expected. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say like, I, I would trust in, in a, 
in a, in a Ben Roethlisberger Steelers offense right now, yeah, to like knowing good. and like horizontal passing, they're not going deep. They have a solid run game with James Conner and the big, the big uglies up front to just milk that clock. And then I look on the, and the NFC, I, I think it's a Saints team, right? That has something similar, right? I was gonna say, yeah, totally Saints. And also like the one, I mean, you bring me back back and I kind of, I, I like yeah. those Cowboys just because like, Ezekiel Elliott is such a powerful weapon. I mean, it's really hard to stop yeah. him for like less than three, like just falling forward. Yeah, exactly. Right. And with Dak, you're right. I mean, that's where the Ben DiNucci, not so much Dak. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So how would you fix? Like, I guess the, my fix from my side is just uh, keep your foot on the gas. Like just yeah. trust in what you're doing. Trust. There's a reason you got that lead. You got the lead because you're running your offense. Like just keep running that offense. Don't, don't change. Let's switch it up. I looked at a global one versus just that. And I was like, fucking fix your medical staff and your training staff. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry that they're, they're one of the, the worst teams on injury luck year after year. And I was literally going through like guys that have, they've lost for the end of, for end of season, Hunter Henry, Derwin James, Jason Verrett, uh, Bosa was dinged up Keenan Allen, ACL tear Nasir, Nasir Adley, Adderley, their second round pick from two years ago, Eckerly, uh this year, Chris Harris this year, Forrest Lamp, their first round draft pick, Danny Woodhead, and then obviously Tyron Taylor getting stabbed in the heart with a fucking syringe. Oh, Get man. your shit together, Friendly Chargers. Friendly. Uh, all right, let's close up. You see Chargers in postseason this year? No. Yeah, too far behind. Not too far happen. behind. Not gonna maybe happen. One, maybe, maybe again, like one of the one of the better teams and not make the postseason. It'll yeah. be weird when we're watching like the fucking Dolphins playing on. <laughs> right the seventh seed right Tua, leading them oh, yeah nothing um all right inbox let's hop into it show me the cards uh did brandon ever mention his most valuable memorabilia card from the coveted chest of cards he has did you also hear about the patrick Mahomes collections for a sale of 7.5 million whoa the group of cards includes 33 pieces that are listed as one of one meaning there are no duplicates floating around in the marketplace did you hear about this patrick Mahomes? I did not. This sounds like fucking, this sounds like insane, right? Yeah. I mean, one-on-one. So it's just, this sounds like a box of just like Polaroids of Patrick Mahomes. Like what's a, what's a card that's a one-of-one? One? <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what, and what printer and what authenticator, you know what I mean? And like, where's, so, so the memorabilia industry is a very bizarre industry, right? It's crazy. Yeah. So to sit there and assign value, like, yes, we could assign, but there'd have to be something of insane value that was attached to that card, right? Like a lack of fucking Patrick Mahomes hair or like a, you know, a rib <laughs> tip that he didn't finish off his plate. Like what's the yeah. value that's perceived different than any other fucking, you know, card that's out there. Yeah. So weird. Like this, I think I just saw also like a highest card ever went, it was like a Mike Trout card. That was just like, I don't know this card thing. Uh, did you collect cards back in the day? Were I did, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, and apparently it's coming back, but I, much like just paper currency, like it's only worth like what if people give a shit. Yeah, it's, it is, I mean, cards, you know, baseball cards were like the OG Bitcoin, right? I mean, just yes. wildly yes. up and down in value. You didn't know what what day it was, was how how valuable something was today versus what it was. Like a Barry Sanders rookie card could be super valuable, but then it can have these wild swings in value up and down. That's like, it's hard to understand, like, unless, you know, unless somebody like passes away or you know or or the other side of the, the oj factor which is like then on like serious trouble then also now this becomes like this weird like fucking you know mysterious merchandise that's like got a yeah, weird taint to it yeah, yeah exactly so, yeah uh, i think what was valuable is i had i think i finally got a ken griffey jr rookie that upper deck one because upper deck was all the rage yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. 92 93 with like the hologram right yeah, yeah, yeah. Oil, oil hologram yeah <laughs> Saw that. you know where i was going with that yeah uh, i i had the split frank thomas michael jordan card when they both played for the white Sox. Michael right jordan played for the white Sox, but it's kind of like that card together a big big frank thomas fan yeah, yeah. Uh, big and hurt. then i i did david cone autograph card not that david cone was like the best pitcher yeah. in the league but it was just cool to have like a autograph card of someone like like that you got yourself like yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I had, I went to, uh, Mr. Four Star took me to a, like a member, like a Lions signing thing. And I remember I got Benny Blades and Ray Crockett, two members of the uh, mid 90s secondary for the Lions. I don't know where those cards are today. Okay. Um, and I do remember spending, millions of dollars left on the table. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I do remember spending money 
and I fucking promptly lost it like four years later in my closet. I don't know where it went, but I did. I did buy a Barry Sanders like senior year, uh, and uh, from Oklahoma State, the the where he set the NCAA collegiate rushing record and for TDs and yards in one season. I bought that card, and then and it was in like you know that like heavy duty like plastic case. Oh yeah, and then I I lost it. I don't know where it is. Oh. I bought it for like thirteen dollars, being like, I that's it, fucking college fun set, college fun, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Lost it. Yeah. yeah. Rookie cards were all the rage. I remember when I kind of got into basketball, just like get a Shaq rookie card, or like, like Stoudemire or like, um, what was his name? Like, uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse. He has the, one of the many first next Jordans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Never quite got there. Uh, all right. No place like home. Next email. Um, so the banger email of the year 2019 looking for a repeat probably get there for <laughs> um <laughs> no place like home how do you think covid will impact recruiting this year and next year for college sports uh, will recruits stay close to their home this right up your alley this is a question for you brother yeah yeah it's an interesting question i mean i think so i guess it's 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 one of those things where i think from a from like a recruiting like ranking system, right? I think because of the lack of kids going to camps and how a lot of times, especially like basketball, like I always go back to Mitch McGarry and actually Glenn Robinson the third, two guys who the University of Michigan signed that were well outside the top 50. And Mitch McGarry, uh, after his senior season, rose up to the number two overall uh, rated recruit in that in that class. So I think like that's the most impact that you'll see COVID impacting recruiting. It's not the recruitment of individual individual players. It's those players that um, make a make a great ascension up in the in the in the in the uh, recruiting rankings, right? And now there's a lot of buzz behind these players, and some of these guys will will go off and and fall into smaller. Uh, smaller universities or smaller schools or maybe like the, the email said, like stay closer to home. Um, but I think like all the big name players are all still going to be known. And now the way that the technology is going to. Um, so the one thing I'll be interested to see is like, are they, do and I don't know this answer. I'm just putting this out there. Are they doing anything in regulating zoom calls versus like in-home visits right so colleges are like limited to like the number of visits that they can make Good i question. believe yeah. so it's like now with zoom it's like well can i get on there already they're bastardizing like the text you know and the ability to like text with these players and have these conversations i mean there there there's so many like opportunities to reach out and contact these players like are they trying to do zoom calls are they trying to do like other stuff like that um I think it's I think it's just going to bury like the the um, the accountability of recruiting a little bit, right? Because now there's just many more technology ways to reach out to these people uh, and these kids. And I think like I think you'll see. I I also think too the teams that are kind of had to shutter their seasons, like the MAC just came back this week. Um, you'll see some of them not be able to pick up some of the mid-level recruits that they once were in the past, right? Because they're just not on TV. Guys are like, well, I could hang loose and hope for uh, Michigan or Michigan State to call me, but I'm not going to like commit early to Central Michigan because, you know, I don't know if they're even going to have a, a team next year. You know what I mean? That Like that sort of stuff I could see. Oh, that's a good point. So, yeah. So it's kind of these, like these back conferences that are kind of like on the outskirts, like that have to fight kind of tooth and nail yeah. and already like just kind of the deck stack against them have it even more now. Cause they're just like, well, fuck it. Like if you're not going to be on TV, like then like, or if you're not even going to play a season, then I just really hamstrung myself even getting a shot at like. Delete. Right. Yeah, exactly. About going professional. Right. I mean, cause that's yeah. what every kid thinks that they're going to do. Um, and I do think like, like leagues, like the big South and some of these other, like very, like the, they, they operate on a very tight budget. COVID's going to impact them. Are they going to be able to see those kids to find those kids? Um, would it put an emphasis on just recruiting in your backyard? Yeah. I mean, so I, it's an interesting question. I, I, so it's the, uh, the rich gets richer. Yeah, I think so for sure. Immediately. I, I, it'd be, it'd be the grit. The thing that would be so interesting is in, if in five years from now to look back at this 2020 rec recruiting class to see the trickle down effects of how things like 
have changed this, the, the landscape of college recruiting and, and ultimately college football and basketball. Yeah, check it out. Uh, that's funny. It's just like, it kind of opens it up to even more, like just blurring the lines, like you talked about. Like, is, is there a set number of text messages or phone calls you can make? Or that doesn't matter. I think there is. I think, oh, shit, drink everybody. I'm trying to think of, he was a Kentucky head coach. Then he went to Minnesota. Ralph, it's not Ralph. Uh, fuck, God damn it, drink everyone. But yeah, there's some there's some rules regarding that. I'm not, I have, it's been a while since I've dusted off my recruiting rule book. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, there are some rules to it. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, it gets bent pretty hard. Um, and these, these kids, like the, the, I feel bad for like that, the heavily recruited ones. Cause they are just like, their phones just must be blowing up all the time. Just getting texts from every fucking hanger on her and the, you know, bad guy and all this other shit. But anyways, um, I do believe there are some, like, there are some rules regarding that. All right. Uh, Boo birds, since there's no fans in the stands, which player or coach has benefited from not having to listen to their own fans booing them out of the stadium? This could be college or NFL. Uh, bad. I guess I would have said Mitch Trubisky, but uh, well, right. He, he, he lost his gig. Yeah. Yeah. Player. Or, yeah. Me always say you have to go back to Philadelphia. I don't know, like um, would Mike McCarthy be in there. I like Dallas oh, is yeah. kind of Dallas fans are kind of checked out. I mean, they didn't even like they didn't really boo the clapper, as right, Jason Garrett, yeah, as they call him over on our rival podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Jason, Jason Garrett didn't get that much of a thing. But I, I would have to think Mike. Uh, but obviously now, I guess without um, the starting quarterback there, then maybe go a little bit easier on easier. Yeah, on. I mean Matt Patricia. I mean Mike Zimmer might have might have fared the best, right? Kind of this this not the solid start that they, that they were hoping for. Maybe Mike Zimmer would have you know caught in a lot more booze coming from that Minnesota crowd. I don't, I mean, at two and five, you would have thought like there was a few birds. I guess that's true, but you also have to kind of look at the, like the DNA of the fanship. Like, I don't remember, like there's sure. not a lot of, even in our shitty years as like Vikings, there's not like a lot of, even like Denny Green started going down South with like Culpepper. There's, there wasn't like a lot of just like turnout. There's certain fan bases that are just like fucking in quick triggers. Yeah. 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 But, Philly, Philly makes sense. Philly would have seen it. Dallas, I don't know the, I, that's a big stadium i don't know you've been in that you've been in that stadium is that a quiet is that a rowdy stadium no it's quiet as fuck yeah i mean it's, it feels like you're like sitting in some rich guy's living room which is kind of exactly what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> just watching a big tv like right. they're, they're not nutty at all like that's completely so it's either like a like a player or like a team that is completely like underperforming the saints aren't close enough there and they love drew Brees, so yeah. it won't be that yeah no i think philly yeah philly makes a lot of sense makes the most sense probably just because of the expectation in that crowd um i don't know san francisco they're not gonna they're not gonna lean into that i don't i don't think they're gonna give kyle shanahan the the boo birds just just yet i like philly i think you're 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 spot on with philly it's a garbage it's a garbage city They fucking they throw yeah. fucking batteries at people yeah. yeah we get we get you gotta hold like hold the country hostage for three days the 20 <laughs> electoral votes like no fucking shocker it takes you three days to count like this is like right. <laughs> no one's surprised you're last in line getting that done yeah yeah uh, i i the, there's i i the, the, they have a lot of wawas and they installed blue lights in their bathrooms so fucking hobos can't shoot up heroin in their bathrooms <laughs> Like that's what a trashy city Philly is. All right, all right, sorry. We might run this back next week. There's got to be a better answer. Like, I like what player has been underperforming? The only player that's underperforming would like get off the field. Maybe there's not. Like, like I would, I would have said maybe the, Trubisky, but he. Re- I mean, I was. He, he's a surprising pull. Uh, I'm just trying to think. NFL college. Uh, yeah, they love us. The, the yeah. fans love us. Googling live. Right. I'm not googling, guys. I'm not googling. I know I'm doing it for us. Yeah, yeah, like what player stinks? Give me the standings. Ask Jeeves. Uh, Seahawks, no. Cardinals, no. Rams, they don't give a shit. Their fans are Los Angeles. 49ers, no. Eagles, probably. Washington, they can't even name their team. Cowboys, backup. Giants, take what you can get. Packers. Oh, Jets. Why are we not? How are we not missing uh, the Jets? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the Jets. Holy shit. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. 
Uh, it's gotta be the Jets. Someone should boo us for not fucking <laughs> calling the Jets. So it's us and the Jets that deserve the most boos. <laughs> for sure. All right. Um, Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. All right, brother. We're doing top three Michael Bay flicks. Yeah, baby. You, uh, you a Bay head? You a Bay, Bay Bay? It was uh, Bay Bay. Uh, <laughs> It was fun looking at this list. I forgot. I it, I realized realized that he was a music video director, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." I totally <laughs> I, there's a music about this. video on my list because there was not a third movie good enough to put on my list. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, everyone has their place, right? Michael Bay definitely has a place, sure. but uh, yeah, it was fun to revisit. I mean, there's some good time Charlies in there. Yeah, did you watch any of the um all right? Well, let's just I'll I'll start with third. So um 1993 Meatloafs, I will do anything for love. Completely oh, remember yeah. this music video. Yes. I had no idea it was Michael Bay, obviously, until like I watched it. But it was like this kind of changed what music videos could be just for me, because it was <sighs> like it's like fucking nine minutes long. Like yeah, it's, it's an opus. It's, yeah, it's a short film. Yeah, so we were watching that. It was just like there's a motorcycle fall, like firing up, and it's just like it takes forever. And it's just like, oh, this is like a legit. This has like three acts. Like he has to go save her on like the motorcycle, and he's like kind of quasimodoing and everything. Like it's just right. like it's. It's, it's a, a wild video. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the, that's very memorable. November Rain. I know this is in Michael Bay and Black Hole Sun. Super memorable for me, both both for like cinematic ventures, right? Um, and it's right up there. So you, you zigged on me, and I like that. Nice. Um, did we figure out what? Uh, did we figure out what he won't do for? I would do anything for love. I just won't do, do that. What's that? Yeah. What, what is, is that? that? What What would he not do for love? Well, he would definitely ride a motorcycle. He definitely dump he it. Would, yeah. I think he says. Do. I think he says in the song what he wouldn't do for love. Which is something know. like weirdly contradictory. Like, I won't not be in love with you. I don't know. Move on. But this isn't a meatloaf podcast. Right, that, right. We'll save that for podcast 200. Right, right, all meatloaf. Right, right, right. All meatloaf. I'd be like, <laughs> I like the ones with Heinz 57. Let, let's rank meatloafs. Yeah. And it's just like Heinz 57, um, the performer. Uh, I'm going to go with number three just because, I mean, suspension of disbelief. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Fucking Armageddon. Give it to me. Oh, baby. shit. Okay. So that's my number one. Oh, no. Yeah. That's all right. Should have, this was going to happen. There's sometimes this happens when there's a limited pool. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Uh, three's a little low for my taste, but we'll have to hear your. So I'll have to defend. We'll have to move on from this because I'll have to defend its one slot yes. after I hear your other stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just an insane premise, an insane movie. It's like it's it's I mean of 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 I mean I was looking at some of them in comparison. I don't want to totally give my way my list away, but it's like of all the ones that could absolutely like not ever happen and not make sense, and even the the star Ben Affleck shitting on like the premise, uh, which makes <laughs> for great comedy. That's why I, that's why it's like I almost didn't. Did we talk, we talked about the story before, right? Like him yes. on the commentary being yes. like <laughs> like. It's, fucking wild it's like why is it easier to teach oil drillers to be astronauts than it is to teach astronauts to be oil drillers (laughs) which is not a bad point it's it's a fucking it's it's i know he's like eight vodkas deep a vodka sodas deep on that commentary just like giggling about it first off this is the like the gateway for ben affleck into your heart i know this to be true this is like it's a great moment because i love it it's like it's what we want out of all of our celebrities to be like hey don't be so fucking pompous about like yeah, fucking, take yourself too seriously. yeah exactly you know what i mean so i i do like it i i love it um I, you know you got bruce willis i'm a, i love bruce willis i just love the whole guys like the whole setup and, and everything like that but just like you said training oil tri- drillers to go uh, in to be an astronaut hit a fucking 
<laughs> moving astronaut get off and then blow it up although it does have a great scene with fucking bruce willis spoilers for everyone that's out there fucking <laughs> love it but it's like yes it's good but it's like i mean you really gotta fucking let it fly to to believe that to like yeah. oh are you talking well there's a bruce willis scene where he shuts the elevator and it gets really dusty yes. really immediately Did you get moon you get you get moon dust all in your eyes oh bro no, that seems like there's I, I think there's like four scenes on my list that immediately make me cry and it's just like the bruce willis like ben mm-hmm. affleck like um harry call me dad like yeah. i just i might lose it right now don't move do it on move it on <laughs> suck it up uh all right so you got to give me you already got two of mine because that's my number one so give me your uh give me your two spot uh i'm gonna go with the rock um there you go what's that that's your number two yeah yeah yeah. uh it's a it's really good uh i love sean connery nick cage is fully unhinged in this movie um but what you know it's a fun premise and 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 you know you know i i love sean connery in this i love nick cage in this and just going back there and the in the mystique of of alcatraz you, you can't beat it yeah so this is 1996 this is actually in the heyday of we weren't doing comic book movies yet. Yes. Uh, CGI was on the map, but it wasn't enough that we were doing it. We were still blowing up shit live. Right. And we were still just doing like original stories. So it was just like, what if we had to get on Alcatraz because someone's taking it over? And we got Ed Harris. I mean, the cast is yes, amazing. Thank we you. Got people, That's really, yeah. yeah, we got people batting a thousand. Yeah, we got yeah, Nicolas Cage. It's like this nerdy scientist. We have just like these things that will detonate and kill everybody. We have like the like just the pressure that you feel from like the timing. Cause you know, they have to like come and bomb the thing. Like it's, and it's like the trope that was used all through the nineties was just like the nerdy guy who can't be the warrior is our only like contact we have. So we need him to be the warrior and like kind of pull this off. Yeah. And it's just got like shitty Nicholas Cage lines where it's just like, Do you, have you heard the rocket man? Why? Cause you're the rocket man. And it was just yeah. like, so bad, <laughs> so bad. It's so amazing. So yeah. and it's just like, Oh, it's just like, um, the winner goes home and fucks the prom queen. It's like Darla was the prom queen. It's yeah. just like it's just, uh, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. scripts batting a thousand. It's the rock's fucking fantastic. The rock is fantastic. I, I which uh, yeah, I almost want to watch the rock now tonight. Like when you sh- like it's really like I I rewatched it. I think like six weeks ago or something or like two months ago. Like it's Holy shit. still like I just Sean Connery and Nick Cage just and Nick Cage freaking out. They're just they're both like. They're both at peak at the peak of the powers, like yes. just doing their thing. And like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Ed Harris, you remember, like Ed Harris kind of bails in the plan. And then there's just kind of, there's a coup within his kind of thing. Cause yeah. Just, oh, yeah. We came this far, like we're going to fucking do it. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Everyone's batting a thousand on this. I love it for my number two. Uh, my number one, I, I toiled on this a lot. This whole, so basically, your number one has to be better than and Armageddon. Meatloafs, I will do anything for love. <laughs> we gotta compliment everything else, so we have to see. So I'm gonna go John Krasinski, 13 hours. I, you know, it's a, it's an actual like real story, and it was gripping. It was emotional. Uh, I thought it was the most like subdued Michael Bay that you had, right? And yeah. and I was like. Um, I, I was like, well, of all the Michael Bay, this like this is a, the most departure from Michael Bay himself. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go 13 hours. The story of uh, you know six CIA guys who go in there when everything was going wrong. They fucking head in there. True American heroes. Good on them. And uh, good story. Good good movie overall. Oh, oh my God, it's got it's got my boy Pablo Shriver. Yes. Ooh. Yes, and uh, uh, like, what's his name? Like Rango or whatever. I forget what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that. And it's like, all right, so I, you know, you could have looked at Pearl Harbor, but Pearl Harbor sucks just a little bit more than I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so it's like, all right, so but this is like, he's fucking dialed in. You also got David Denham too, right? Who's also from the uh, Office fame. You know, the uh, yeah. uh, Roy. And it's just like it's a good, it's a good watch, it's a good hang, and it's like not a good hang. Shit, no, I shouldn't say that. It's an intense movie, and it's not like this theatrics of like you know crazy shit and crazy script, and you know what I mean. It's 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 probably his best work. Okay, so I'm gonna do. I'm 
I'm going to give victory to you. And here's my two I points. was not expecting this. Yeah, you actually, you have three movies. I don't necessarily like the order of the rankings. Sure. But one of mine was a music video. And if you went with a Transformer movie, you're going to be automatically disqualified. Uh, if you came at me with Miami Vice, another automatic automatic disqualification. Gain and gain, right? Gain and gain. A bad boys. I would have just figured like you didn't even give this debate in respect. You were just like I'm gonna throw up like the first. You don't like bad. You don't like bad boys. The first bad boys. It's fine. It doesn't belong on the list, but it's it's no, no, no. I it's definitely fourth for me. Actually, yeah, actually, uh, that's not a bad point. Like number one, it did kind of it didn't create like a new genre, but it wasn't like anything else. Like it, it was a lot. The their first one was a lot of fun. Yes, first one was a lot of fun. I didn't see that the it kind of it kind of put my like it's a Miami movie too. So whenever I think you kind of look at Miami movies, like it just feels like there's some movies that were like the city's kind of like a co-star, and it's just like okay, that's like this is like Michael Bay's kind of carving off Miami to be like oh, this is like bad boys territory, which is which is cool to see. And I'm I'm glad both of us restra- refrained from throwing out a Transformer, even though we are loving of the Labouf. Yeah. So, so good. So good much. on us. Yeah, exactly. Love them. Don't love them that much. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to check out this uh, 13 hours thing. I haven't caught yeah. it. That's why you just caught me a little. Whenever you say you're number one, I haven't seen it. Like, it's going to be, I got to humble myself a little bit. You're so good at these fucking movie descriptions, too. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, fucking Armageddon sounds good. <laughs> and you're like, well, it's, yeah, then you could like, you break down the movie way better than I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to give myself the W. Um, all right. That was Jam Pack Pod, bro fucking fire pod we got it all um guys mvp of the week say the general public for getting out there and voting um i don't know shoving the vote down the throat but uh highest vote turnout ever and way to make your voice heard and just kind of respect everybody's just doing their thing and it's just nice to see the country we live in just kind of the process just working itself out respecting it yes i too have the american people um i think uh i uh you you make great points and it's like it's a it's a process we live in the greatest republic that there is we get to the opportunity every four years to speak our voice uh it's such an important thing it is valuable i don't want to get too like whatever on it but it is one of those things where it's like this now more than ever is as we can look together and realize that whichever side of the coin you are on right we all are americans and we all get to share our voice and that's a special thing and now we can, you know, look to have unity and move forward, right? Yep, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Uh, until we get, can we run on a ticket together? I mean, as both presidents, like just you and I. MAB. Co-presidents? <laughs> co-president. You know, like the Coen brothers direct a movie together. Like we're just co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I like that. Then who, would we have to have a. Dr. Mr. Kamish, VP. Fuck yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, that'd be a great ticket. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm just trying to cut down on travel costs. Like, she's going to be traveling with us regardless. Might as well just get her on the ticket. You pay her off. Fiscal responsibility. You can't <laughs> fault us on that. Look, guys, you get two presents for the price of one. <laughs> Dig it. This has been the most awesome Brandiana Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Guys, you got ideas, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. We love you listening. Guys, enjoy your week. You can pick it in. Just let us know how much full of shit we were on our Mabster Domus. I am Brandon. I want you to sign yourself off. Most awesome. Hey, make Mabberica pot again. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.